We're back on the Exit 52 podcast. It is Monday night, May 15th. You are listening to this on Tuesday morning, May 16th. My name is Jake Luke. Took a beat there because I wasn't sure if it was me or Taylor that was going to be doing the intro. It's just kind of a, a funny little dynamic. <laughs> the, two, uh, the two hosts, when we get together, we just we don't know how to act. But uh, here after an eventful weekend, it is me, Jake. It is Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. Uh, just in a silly, giggly little bitch mood over there, uh, which is always great. Uh, Taylor Smythe, like I mentioned, Eric is with us as well, and Banks was going to be, but he's fighting some uh, irritability in his eye right now, and uh, our thoughts and prayers just really go out to him. Uh, but the rest of you boys, how are we doing? I I just have to talk about Banks' eye. That was wild. He jumped on for, I don't know, what would you guys say, like 90 seconds right before we were going to jump on in like a dark room. It looked like he was like lit up red. You guys are saying like in a horror movie, he could have been like as sunburned as you can be after the weekend. That's what it kind of looked like to me. He, he kind of looked himself. like he was in a red room, like photography. Like he yeah, was, yeah, it reminded yeah, me yeah, of that scene. Yeah. That scene in the omen when they're in like the photography room, like analyzing like the religious texts or whatever. It was just very, yeah, very ominous. He then freezes in classic banks fashion. Internet absolutely gets him he ejects himself out and then calls it off yeah and just calls off his entire <laughs> appearance on the podcast yeah so now it's a four a four-man group i don't think we've ever had this unique four-man group with no banks so there you go exit 52 a gummy this will this will be the the blue man group to counter banks's redness yeah no <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it but uh yeah we are here like i said after an eventful weekend uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a fun one indeed. The, I get, well, I was going to say the four of us, but three of us were in attendance on Friday night at Camden Yard. Some of us have been since then. We're just getting all the, uh, all the Orioles, um, fun in, uh, here as things are really starting to heat up, um, within the American league and within the national league MLB. It's just, you know, who would have thought what a, what a sport. And we were actually, I mean, like we, I don't think we really talked about it, but we were out there Tuesday night as well, hanging out in the, uh, uh, Centerfield Bar. We got to meet a couple listeners. That was great. Uh, and then, yeah, but it really culminated in Friday night, and um, it, it was just a great time in the debut of the Birdbath. Uh, just a really, really fun event. And Eric, I guess you can kind of get into a little bit of how all that came together. Uh, we promoted it on the Adley interview, which I think was our only podcast of last week. I think we kind of wanted to keep things in the tank for that. But uh, yeah, what uh, what went into all that coming together? No, I mean, I just I got a call from from someone with the Orioles on Monday night. And whenever you get a text the night before you're about to interview a top five player in like DAL and it says, Hey, can you talk? Or, Hey, do you have a minute? And I, all, all I could think was like, Oh shit, what did I mess up now? Principal's like, office. What did I do? Yeah. To, what did I do to get, to get us pulled from this interview? Um, and then, you know, we talked and, and they said, you know, we've got an idea. We want you guys to kind of be the face of it and run with it. Um, to help us out so we went ahead we did that and then again we met with them on tuesday night at the the classic center field rooftop bar had some beers some adult drinks and next thing you know friday night i'm i'm, I'm wet so that was that was pretty much it yeah we were wet um, nothing else happened you know nothing else that, no thankfully there was no there was like no consternation about the entire thing no no frustrations or or, or dialogue in a negative way it was all positive up into the bird bath um, that you guys were able to do. So that's that that went well. That's that's a good part of how all this has gone. Well, yeah, Just for something the overall that's, positivity and yeah, I mean, for something that's very serious and very high stakes, you would have thought that maybe there would be some consternation, maybe there would be some infighting, and you know, for something that's just so like you know very very important and 
Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I, I can't even, I'm not getting into that. It's not my thing to get into, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the experience itself, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was freaking awesome. And uh, Taylor, I guess, you know, you weren't there. You were, you were up doing the, the Taylor Swift thing. How many, how many Taylor Swift concerts have you been to at this point? This is my set. That was my seventh Taylor Swift concert um, of my life. Second at the link, um, which I will make a comment about the link. I don't think we need to get into the link right now. Um, we're, we're talking Orioles here, but yeah, I was not involved in the birdbath. Um, my roommate, Anthony was my, my boots on the ground. He I sat, mean, uh, yeah, he sat right in front of me. I got to meet him. Nice guy. W- with with you guys um and it looked awesome i mean i i so i you know after the taylor swift concert um i tossed on sports center and there all of you guys are getting shown off on sports center um with the birdbath as i'm watching it like one in the morning so it was really cred- incredible and all jokes aside you know we, we've talked about on this show um since it started about the orioles and this show has kind of developed as the Orioles have kind of gotten in a groove not only on the field um, but really with their, you know, some of their marketing and, and social and, and all the stuff that they do. And I think they've really gotten into a good place. And I thought it was a, you know, really shrewd idea on their part to um, kind of get us involved in a really small way. We really appreciate them allowing us to get involved there, kind of spearheaded a lot of that. Um, and you guys did a great job, you know, getting the right people in the in the section, along with the other people that, that paid for tickets to make it look like a place that everyone should be. And it looked full the next two nights as well. I don't know what it looks like tonight. I think the weekdays will be kind of because I don't know if that's like the experience everybody wants on a weekday necessarily. It's more it seems like more very much more of a weekend thing. Um, but it looks really fun. I didn't understand <laughs> the criticism about it where it was like, why is there not more water being sprayed? I mean, what if there's like 15 extra base hits? Do you really want to be like drenched in water? I mean, it's fun. To, it should be like a mister. You should be like you're sitting under a mister every time. I can. That, yeah. that was to me the thing. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Why do people think there just should be like, it should be like the slime part of like double dare where you're just like getting slimed or whatever. And I can un- just, I, just miss some water on people. And I can uniquely speak to it because I was sitting towards the back. And so if you do get some of these seats, like some, like the gun doesn't reach all the way back. So I was kind of like right just out of its range. So like it would get up to me here and there, but like I wasn't getting doused. Like uh, Brian and Spenny were like right in the middle. So they were really getting it. Eric had an end seat like I did. So he was further down. He was getting a little bit more of it, but I was kind of up there in the, uh, up in the rafters a little bit. Uh, but it was still great because like it, it was reaching me here and there. And then we had uh, a couple young lads who maybe they're listening to this. I think they're listeners. They were uh, they were sporting some goggles and whatnot. They put an X-52 sticker on them and they seem to uh, be supporters of the pod. And uh, I think they had, you know, gotten a couple beers in them towards the uh, maybe the, the meteor part of the game. And they went back to uh, fill up some water bottles. And um, yeah, when when things got a little crazy at the end there. Uh, and that's just sort of a funny, another part of the game itself, the game proper that we can get into uh, on Friday night. There have been some played since then, but that was probably the most momentous that I can think of um, in this most recent stretch where it was just a slow kind of burn against the Pirates where it was like, and it's funny because like we had all met up, you know, at Pickles before and we were joking around like, ah, oh, man, what if what if this is just one of those games where the bats just don't show up? There's no extra base hits. There's no juice around this thing. And for the first four or five innings, it kind of felt like that. And then all of a sudden, the Orioles are, you know, they're within one. They tie it. I'm not totally sure how the order went, but, you know, within one, they tie it, and then they're all of a sudden they're up one. And then it's funny because it all reached the culmination point where I'm just kind of sitting there, like, and, it, you know, the vibes were good, and they were winning, and we were, you know, the Orioles were up one. And I don't know how it hadn't been relayed to me yet, but Eric walked back to me, and he's like, you know, Mullins is one away from the cycle, right? And I was like, 
I, I don't know how I didn't know that, but here we are. And I told him something to the effect of, I'm going to dunk on you if he hits a home run right here. And then, uh, he, you know, they were up one, he hits the Homer into the, uh, the flag court and the, the section it's and the, the stadium, but the section really specifically just lost their freaking mind. Like it was probably the most fun moment that I've had in that stadium, uh, maybe in my entire life. And, you know, Eric and I, we, we had a couple hearty high fives there. I think my hand is still kind of feeling it. And, uh, the section was just going absolutely nuts. Everything got on TV. Spenny was wearing the goggles with the, the Hawaiian shirt and, uh, he was getting memed into oblivion. So, uh, it was just a, a crazy crazy night that uh, I, I don't think the game could have been scripted any better uh, for the first sort of debut of the birdbath because that's when it, it reached max kind of splash capacity there. Spenny? I want to hear Spenny's thoughts on it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. It was packed. It was like the first time there's ever been, not ever, but the first time I can recall in a decade where there were like issues with people not sitting in the right seat and people like, Hey, sorry, that's actually my seat in the outfield of an Orioles game. So that was super cool. It's been sold out. It looks like it's packed tonight, Monday night. The Orioles got show hate a little bit. We're currently what top of the seventh now, I think uh, nine, five. So hopefully able to make a little comeback there. It was, it was awesome. There was like six like Dundalk sound kids sitting in front of me. They're yelling into the pirates bullpen all night. They're like, you only throw balls. You suck. You guys got swept by the Rays. You suck. You suck. You suck. Yelling into the bullpen. One of the bullpen pitchers comes over. The most insane reaction possible of a professional athlete. Maybe not the most insane. It wasn't quite, you know, malice at the palace. But walks back over and he's like, say that again. To like six, like messy, dirty mullet having kids. And they're like, you suck. You only throw balls. You got to by the raise. They all start yelling at him. He goes over. He grabs a cop. I watch this cop. It's like all going down right in front of me. This cop like is like listening to him, nodding his head, nodding his head. And then the cop literally just shrugs and says like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like I could read his lips. He was like, I don't know what you want me to do. But he <laughs> said like, your mother, you suck. Um, so it, it was rowdy. Everybody was like down. There's nobody who like, I was anticipating, I don't know. I was anticipating someone to get like soaked with beer and be upset about it or something. That didn't happen. Like people were spraying beer a little bit. It's, it's a hose, you know, they got splash mans going out into the, the, the spraying everywhere all over the damn thing. And, uh, it doesn't really hit everybody. It wasn't like, you know, some big messy thing, but it was more so that, you know, you can kind of just see the water. It's more of you, that you see the water being sprayed than it is feeling it or being soaked by it necessarily, which I think placates to, to what the Orioles celebration is uh, very much. So Bradish has an unbelievable night. You know, I think he throws six shutout innings. Um, the, the Mullins triple, you know, almost got stuff cooking. He was really burning and, um, you know, just shout out to Mullins. He went homer, what, 10 real minutes ago as we were getting recorded here. Dude has been absolutely locked in. It was, it was the seventh Orioles cycle in history. Uh, sixth, if you don't want to say Aubrey Huff's name. But ultimately, Cedric Mullins is, is just so, so, so locked in. Makes a web gem diving catch. Has been unbelievable in May. And you can just tell, like, he's such a competitor. And it's, it's been awesome to watch. So he definitely was the star of the night. And getting his standing ovation as he came back out after he hit that home run in the eighth inning. Like, it's so crazy to, to need a cycle to, to have it come to – uh, existence through a home run and then to just go fucking rip one. Like I think it was on the second or third pitch. So him just walking up, needing a home run for the cycle. That's the most badass way to do it is to go single, double, triple, need the home run and, and send it out. So we're, we're also watching Otani potentially become the first pitching hitter in baseball history to have one while he's pitching. So also very wild, but um, yeah, super fun night, super fun game. The Orioles, you know, get, get going a little bit later in that game. Ultimately, uh, we end up seeing, you know, Adley 
drives one in Mount Castle drives one in and, and Mullen just has a monster night. So it was definitely a show and it was packed. Then I ended up going again Saturday and Sunday and it was just packed all weekend. It's not even the summer school hasn't let out yet. Um, you know, the weather's not great Saturday. The weather was shitty up and up right until before the game and was still super, super, super packed, super good vibes. Uh, Mother's day too. So really fun times, really fun times to be an Orioles fan and glad to see people enjoying Camden yards. The, the nicest, you know, the, the gem of baseball, the way it should be enjoyed. And it was awesome. I thought the, the splash zone with the, the bird bath was very fun. Highly recommend, especially like if you have like a 13 year old kid, like take them, take them to that. Let them go get a little rowdy in there throughout summer. Like it's freaking perfect. So I'm curious to see where it goes from here. And I'm excited to see if it like expands a little because it's it's packed right now as we speak on a Monday night during school. So um, it's it's badass. The Orioles having fun is a really pleasant thing to see. This, there's no baseball stuffiness that we so often see, you know, get argued about in the, the Twitter sphere and stuff. There's no stuffiness about it at all. The Orioles are embracing being a fun young team. And when you do that, when you lean into having personality, it creates an awesome fan experience and usually some pretty good teams. So fired up to see where it goes and it was a hell of a time thank you to eric for facilitating everything thank you to the orioles of course for putting us in the position to you know bring a bunch of our friends to the game and go have a freaking awesome friday night and do something that hadn't really been done before so i had a ton of fun i look forward to to what else this uh this home orioles environment continues to grow into because i feel like if this team stays a little bit hot going into summer it's going to get really nutty at the yard so Get over there while you have a chance before that happens. And when it does, it'll just be more fun. So do both. Yeah, they have a tremendous. Yeah, I think they've uh, like sorry, Jake. They've like done a really good job um, creating a unique experience there. And as you said, Spenny and Jake, you may be going this direction too. Like they fully embrace kind of who they are personality wise, and it's starting to extend to the fan base. And I think that allows people to go in and have fun at the games as opposed to. You know, going in just you know, you obviously care if they win or lose, but the idea of walking in and having fun from the, fun from the beginning, no matter where you want to be, whether you want to be in that bird bath section, whether you want to be at a bar, whether you're just a kid who's there with their with their dad or their family or whatever it is, um, to enjoy the game. I think, as you said, they've embraced kind of the the overall. First of all, the team has given them a lot to work with, which is which is awesome. But they haven't pushed back against any of it. They've just fully you know dived into the pool. Um, and kind of gone with the way the team goes. And you talked about sort of the it being packed, Spenny, a three-game weekend series against a Pittsburgh team that I don't think brings any name value to the casual fan, or I don't think the casual fan has any understanding about their start. So I don't think they're like going because it's a great matchup between the Pirates. 25,000 on Friday, 21,000 Saturday, 36,000 Sunday. Obviously, the Mother's Day game, you know, will, will brings people to the artist a Sunday afternoon. But that's really, really good. And if they can build on that, as you said, heading into the summer, twenty thousand um, tonight to see show. Twenty, yeah, twenty k. Yeah, I've heard Thursday. Yeah, I've right. heard this Thursday's a soul is a sellout too already. The day game. Yeah, so I mean, they're 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 starting to get people in, and 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 that's really awesome to see. Um, and I and I give them a lot of credit. There will still be, you know, we were at the Rays games that meant a lot, and there were not that many people there. Um, the crowds were into the game and loud. But you would have hoped that they could have had more than 10,000 on Tuesday. And there's still going to be those bumps in the road where they really have to over-convince fans after being so bad. You know, you, 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 you're not necessarily going to get the big crowds every time. But I, I love that the week, you know, you build up from the weekends into the weekdays and you hope that the, the crowds continue to get bigger. But um, credit to them for, you know, trying something that, 
you know, could have easily been weird or maybe failed, you know, but like, what does it matter? Like go out there and give it a shot. Um, and, and having you guys involved or us involved, um, me not being there, but, um, was really, really cool. And, I, and I'm glad that it happened. And the team continues to play well. Like we'll obviously get away from this, you know, we'll, we'll keep talking about the fan stuff for a little bit, but they continue to win series. They continue to be really impressive against good teams, obviously losing tonight, but you know, we were at those Rays game. I was at the first two Rays games and, you know, it was a tough first game, but to come back and win that series and then win the series against a Pittsburgh team that is sliding, but has played some good baseball this year, the product on the field continues to be good and they continue to find ways to win. They, they really are a team that you never feel like is out of the game um, based on how they've played. Yeah, and I think like you made all really good points there about like how well they've imbued the team's personality and the the team's penchant for having a ton of fun um, into the the product with the stadium and with the fan experience. I think it's it's just all tremendous, and like they also have a great understanding. I think of the regionality of baseball right now. Like they're not taking themselves too seriously. They're not like and they're not trying to overdo the birdbath thing to the thing that we were saying there. And I mean, I think that speaks to them getting us involved in the first place. I mean, like, we're not the biggest game in town at all. Like, we're not, you know, super legitimate, like some of these radio stations or whatever it might be. But I think they, they just found a good place to sort of meet the fan base where they are a little bit with us. And it's not like our reach is massive or anything, but we have some people that listen to us. And I think they understand that our demographic is going to be really into, uh, either we're really going to be picking up what this team is putting down as far as the dong bong or the Homer hose, whatever you want to call it goes. Maybe now since we're state run affiliated, we have to start calling it the Homer hose. Um, and, and that, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that, but, um, yeah, it, it just seems like they we have, run all, we run all the pods to the Orioles. Now they, they check all of what we say. So yeah, exactly. You know. We're not getting paid though. Don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, they, and like in all seriousness, they just have a, really good sense of this team, this team's personality and kind of how to, how to employ it, you know, not taking themselves too seriously, getting us involved. We're incredibly grateful for it. And it just, it kind of makes me think a little bit like having covered the Ravens for four years. Like I love the Ravens. I love, you know, a lot of people inside that building and what they do, they would not do something like this. And I don't think any NFL team would, it's just too national. It's too corporate. Uh, and this is just kind of, this speaks to where baseball is right now. And some people say that it, being regional and being local is kind of a bad thing for it, but you get stuff like this. So I'm inclined to uh, inclined to say that I, I think it has its advantages. It's a little different when you have 100 or 80, 81 home games. You gotta you gotta get a little sprightly at some point. The Phillies do some crazy stuff, but again, glad to not see them be stuffy at all. Um, as far as the team, man, I mean, I'm I'm, in, I'm curious to see how they handle. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. There's a pretty electric crowd. It looks like as they're going through the middle of the seventh. Maybe they're able to make this one a little closer, but. Feels like they got a lot of young bucks that are maybe starting to wear down a little bit. And I think there's just going to be a lot of shuffling that needs to be done over the next month or so to figure out what is the August, September competitive lineup. We have a lot of time to get there still, but really curious to see as fans at the same time are rushing to the stadium like they haven't in you know the better part of a decade. If they start to slide a little bit, how are they going to handle that pressure? How are they going to be able to, to manufacture you know a good product still? Um, I mean, Adley's been battling back after a little mini slump gunner's been getting hot again but um you know the the bottom of the lineup struggling a little bit starting pitchers getting banged around a little bit here so just curious to see it feels like you know we see stowers get sent down uh, i mean cole Irvin's still down there which is funny to me I don't, I don't know why it's funny necessarily but it's just interesting and the the, the rotation's been getting you know up up so up and down up and down up and down i just feel like this team has so much growing to do still this year and Brandon Hyde and the coaching staff have so much to figure out about consistency in their lineup and consistency in their rotation. And I feel like they're going to have maybe a little, 
well, you know, I'm willing to, to say they're going to have a little tough time here, maybe over the next week or so. It feels like they're just a little tired out, have some swindling to do. But again, as people do want to come see this team, how are they going to flip it on and, and go get after it again? So um, I think the Orioles are still going to end up being a very good team. But I'm, I'm just curious, curious to see. It adds a little pressure, right? The stadium's freaking packed. And, you know, it, it, it's a little different feeling than what this team's seen in years past and so many young guys. So. Very interesting dynamic at the yard right now. Hopefully they're able to, to immediately spit in my face and stay hot and all that good stuff. But um, curious, 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 curious. A lot, of, a lot of Norfolk action potentially coming here over the next month or so with a bunch of guys chomping at the bit too. So very interesting time in uh, good old Utah Street. Yep, seen some movement uh, even you know today or yesterday, whatever it was. So yeah, that will be something to track indeed. And I guess that is all we've got. Uh, for your Baltimore Orioles update segment, whatever it might be, uh, you know, talking Ravens. We got the, the only other thing I was going to say, Jake, the only thing I was going to say coming out of this real quick Go ahead. is we talked about them getting through the easy part of the schedule. They ended that Kansas City series at 21 and 10. They come into this nine game stretch against two teams that are among the best in baseball and then one that had played really well but was sliding. And they come out of it at 26 and 14, 12 games above. I think you take that. Like, yeah. I think you take that stretch mm-hmm. going away. And that that is them being like, we're a good team. This is not a mirage, like you know, your Steve Phillips, whoever said, you know, all these people that are like, you know, did it against a did it against a, a bad schedule. Like, yes, they did it against a bad schedule, but then, you know, played a really competitive series in Atlanta. You get a win on the road there, you're fine there. You win a series against the best team in baseball at your home park. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And then you, you beat this Pittsburgh team two out of three. I think it's a really it's just as impressive of a stretch to me as, you know, the the big tear they went on against the bad part of the schedule. You know, this this LA series will be interesting to see if they, you know, can rebound from tonight where it looks like they're gonna lose. But just wanted to comment on the fact that like they kind of held serve this nine game stretch, and that's exactly I think what we wanted them to do. You would have taken two series out of those three coming into it. So it's a good job by them. Um when they really I wouldn't say, and Spenny, you kind of touched on it. You don't necessarily have everybody firing all cylinders right now, and they're just kind of finding ways to win. I think that's the mark of a good team. So, yeah. no, I good think for it's, them. Yeah, it's it's well said. I think um, just keep winning series. Like they've just they had they've shown a penchant to be able to do that, and they've shown a penchant to just grind out a, a win, whether it's a rubber match or whatever. It's just win series and win series and win series, just doing it all season long, kind of like it's nothing. So it's going to be tougher when the schedule does tighten up a little bit, and it's a tough division, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see if they can keep it up. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all we got then after that uh, interlude there. And um, we got to get into Ravens, like I said there. And um, Eric, I just I know you got a ton on this uh, Lamar Jackson not attending football school. Uh, you said that even though his wide receivers that he would be throwing to aren't even there, that he should be there. He should be learning this new offense, leading by example. You had kind of that whole take. So how about you get into that for all of us? Yeah, that was that was definitely me who said all that. Um, I definitely didn't. I definitely read every single article that was out there on it. I definitely did not, you know, read any of them. I'm more concerned about Roquan Smith changing to zero. That's yeah. I we I'll be, I'll be honest. We haven't talked. That's the big news people are talking about. Yeah, I think it looks kind of cool. Derrick Henry, an eagle. People, people, people don't talk about that Derrick Henry is famously an eagle too. That's something else that we need to <laughs> we need to get into. We just can't wait to can't wait to see him in Philly. Can't wait to see him. Yeah, maybe. Hey, listen, maybe you'll get up there for another concert. See him there. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was looking for him. I was looking for him on Friday. I was like, "Where's Derrick? He's got to be down there somewhere. He's not a hard guy to spot." Yeah, did see him? Must must have come for Saturday or Sunday to see Taylor. Yeah, the Eagles maybe would have hooked him up as their their big uh, free agent acquisition or their big trade. 
Well, uh, there was apparently they were selling a bunch of DeAndre Swift jerseys because people were wearing them to the concert. I did see like three or four of them at the show. People in DeAndre Swift jerseys. Swift. So that okay. was exactly He's my impression of Taylor of Taylor seeing that. Oh wow, DeAndre Swift. Oh my God! Wow, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, you, you nailed that. That's definitely what he sounds like. Um, yeah, among 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 my 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 excitement about all the cosplaying going on of the different Taylor Swift eras. Ah, uh, uh, what a night! Mm. What a night! We'll get into that later. Just a big night for Taylor's. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to talk about Odell Beckham uh, potentially missing some OTAs because he's in some <laughs> contest where he has to like appear at some event, the NBA Finals or something. That's okay. I guess we can get into So let's merge that with our hottest takes uh, presented by Black Eyed uh, Susan Spices. Um, try their small batch, ultra unique, many time award winning hot sauces and dry rubs today. They're from Maryland. They wave the best state flag in the country while supporting all of our state's teams. Go to blackeyedspices.com using the code exit52 at checkout to receive 10% off. That's blackeyedspices.com. Discount code exit52 for 10% off a checkout. But yeah, that was going to be my hot take is what is Odell Beckham doing? How is he skipping OTAs to go to this NBA finals thing? Uh, is that in association with the cock peacock? Is that what I saw? Which, which part? Yeah. I I want to say Jonas was tweeting about it and this is not in all seriousness. This is not my hot take, but like I said, melding it in with uh, some, some Ravens talk there. I can't remember. I saw that tweet too. I saw Jonas's tweet too, and I can't remember if it's it, what it's associated with. I just like went over it, and I thought it was a. I I loved. I don't know if Jonas was doing that as like a legitimate, re, Where did a I, legitimate reporter, if he was just trying to get people riled up. But it was a good, a good he, tweet by him. He does a good, good job, tweet. and he's good he's tweet by him to notice that. Yeah, he's a friend of ours. He's he he knows like how to strike that balance between riling people up and like just keeping it sort of you know down the line. So I don't know where I got Peacock from, but it's in partnership Maryland's with Maryland's finest, Jonas Schaefer. We should have Jonas on at some point soon. Yeah, we had him on Beatdown a number of times. So we just gotta gotta reach back out. Um, good dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Partnering with Fanatics. So Odell Beckham Jr. tweets two hours ago. It's since been edited. So let's just put that out there for uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for transparency. Uh, exactly. Yeah. The finals are coming up, and I am partnering with at Fanatics to have you and a guest join me at the NBA Finals. Head here for more info on how to enter ellipses. Trust me, you don't want to win this. Or or miss this uh you, you don't want to win this but might have been a uh, little a little bit of a freudian slip there um but yeah jonas was tweeting about that and game one of the nba finals is june one so he will not be at otas yeah my hot take is that i just can't muster any ravens hot takes at this time of year even when we were just covering them specifically <laughs> like this my hot take is that i have no hot takes yeah my hot take is that it's just like let's all like I, un- I understand that the great wheel of content just has to keep churning like forward and forward and forward but like it kind of makes me wish that like we could just kind of take some time off uh with the ravens hot takes because things are just kind of good right now and i think we left them in a good place with the nfl draft so if you've got a take you know sort of skewering lamar jackson whether it's in good faith which i think some people maybe are and whether it's in bad faith which i think other people are uh it's just i would say just holster it just enjoy let's enjoy our summer let's enjoy this orioles team let's uh let's all calm down a little bit or you know bring some serious analysis what is todd munkin gonna bring uh what are these new free agents gonna bring give us some give us some of that type of content uh and you know as i sit here telling you how to do your jobs but you know that's just just an observation not a big deal but that's that's sort of my hot take is let's just focus on the orioles right now let's not worry too much about football school and things of that nature i'm not really into it yeah, I don't get the 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 football school freak out. I mean, Lamar never goes to these things. Like this happens every single time. So why anybody th- was thinking he was going to go up there now is, 
I, you know, I don't understand why people are getting upset about that. I guess it's a new offensive coordinator. So you, there was maybe a hope that he would pop up there and chat with Todd Munkin. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's fair. Um, we talked no, about this no before. One actually, no one actually knows. No one actually knows how detrimental or not it is to show up to a off-season non-padded practice. So it's like you can you can manufacture in your mind that that's a really impactful thing that makes you win games or not. But I don't think there's any actual knowledge or backing behind that. Uh, it wouldn't it, hurt for him to I be don't there. Know but it's that like there's any realm of that a sixth year now NFL starting quarterback or any veteran player needs to go to something called a football school where it's a bunch of rookies and tryouts and shit like that. I don't, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, let football players who are humans get away from the violent sport for a little while in the off season, because it's a 17 game season. Now it's going to be an 18 game season and you're hoping to play a 20 something game season ultimately. So let him enjoy himself. Let everybody enjoy themselves. Everybody's in a good mood. You know, it's just, if you think that that means something, I don't think there's any logic behind you thinking that. There's no, there's no proof. There's no causation to say that something called football school, which is like, what is this? That just came out of, that, that, just, OTAs? that just came out of thin air, by the way, that, that never existed before two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden it's at the tip of everyone's tongue. Sounds like something that kids go to who are the kids, the rookies, it's not Lamar Jackson. It's not them. So what, like, that's not, that's not what's going to win them and lose them games. They got a full summer of training camp and, and actual OTAs and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's not, that's not, I, I don't know where you can come to the conclusion that that makes you win or lose games in you know, the playoffs. The other thing, it's so funny. Every every offseason, I think that like the NFL, and this never happens because the NFL just grows and grows and grows. I always think it's going to be a little overexposed for me where I'm just, and maybe it is personally for me, and then I'm fine when I get towards the season. But like I I have no interest in talking about the NFL right now. Like We just went through all, maybe it's more as a Ray was saying because this, this entire Lamar thing has overexposed it more. But, you know, I turn on like, ESPN or, or one of the talking head shows, whatever. And there's like four NFL topics. And I'm like, what, what could we possibly be talking about right now? Like, and I, and, and you're feeding the market because the market is so obsessed with the NFL. I understand why it's happening. So I'm not, this is not like the, like, why the, why this, 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 like I have a very good understanding of why it's happening, but it's amazing to me that it makes nobody tired of it. And 30 million people will watch the first game because it's just a machine. It's and I will it will be interesting to see what brings the NFL down from a popularity standpoint, but like I, the topics just get made up every single day. And it's not like there's not that much there's not a lot of sports going on. I mean, the NBA still has LeBron involved and a bunch of really interesting stuff. One of the, you know, they have the Celtics on the other side with an emerging superstar in Tatum and Jokic who's kind of interesting and the Heat who have Bu- Jimmy Butler who's really interesting. That gets knocked out by the NFL. It's it's an amazing. I, I've said this on a million podcasts. So I'm so people that listen to like there's Taylor like just pontificating about how incredible the NFL is from a popularity standpoint. But it just it shocks me how many people and it's localized here. But like the Lamar Jackson thing at some point was probably on first take in the last three days. Yeah, like I didn't see it, but I'm sure it was on there. It's just it's it's amazing to me. I, it never gets overexposed though. It really doesn't. It people just want it so bad. People so like so bad. Yeah, like people like Florio refer back to the the Mark Cuban pigs pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered thing all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, when's it gonna happen? Because we've been saying this for like 15 years now. It feels like, and it's just 
Yeah, I agree that it's like the growth, 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 growth thing with the NFL. It's just like, I don't know how sustainable it is necessarily, but it doesn't feel like they're getting knocked off anytime soon. And honestly, I hope they don't like that. I think they do a really good job uh, with a lot of the stuff that they do. Um, and and um, you just I mean, you just talked about the cock. The peacock just yeah, just paid like one hundred and ten million dollars to stream well, NBC Universal, but Peacock to put on Peacock to stream one wild card game exclusively. <laughs> one. It's incredible. One game, $110 million just because they know it will drive a bunch of subscribers to the service. One time, one single time. Amazing to me. Amazing to me. So NBC is going to take, this just shows you the changing media landscape. NBC is going to, I'm assuming, take their game that would have been on their broadcast network and stick it on Peacock for $110 million just to drive subscribers there because the NFL is king. Incredible. It's an incredible, it's an incredible thing. But it, it this is why people want to talk about football school. They just never want to stop talking about the NFL. You said 18 games spending. They may end up having 30 game NFL seasons. We just may stretch this thing throughout the entire year. Yeah. And teams, all, take, teams like, all over the place. They'll take six weeks off. We're gonna they'll have take six weeks off. A division in Europe, and we'll have a division in Asia, and we'll have a division in South America. Like it's just it's just never gonna end. It's just grow, 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 grow. And yeah, I guess like we've been saying, like. You know, if it works for you, it works for you. Good for you. Eric, I feel like you we're putting you to grow, sleep. Grow, grow. Eric, what's your uh, what's your hot take? Mm, my, my, my hot take is people need to stop freaking out about Grayson. Like, I the amount of shit, because obviously tonight was not a good start by him. Gave up. A, I, I, I read that the ball hit off the top of Boogs, which is impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. Never, never seen a ball hit there before. That's, that was never. That's, never I mean, it was. There. That's a piss missile. It was absolutely smoke. But now we're getting the like, he doesn't have it. I, I watched baseball for 15 years and I know he doesn't have it. It's like, what are we doing right now? We just, we were all there on Tuesday. Him absolutely stifling the best team in baseball. And we were riding high. And then he gives up. Again, the Angels are a good team. It's like, yes, he got rocked tonight. That's okay. Like, it happens. It's his eighth start. And you're getting the, like, he's got to go down to AAA and figure it out. He gains nothing He gains nothing from going back to AAA at this point. He gains nothing. No. He's got to take his lumps. Like, I've been, I was saying this weeks ago at this point. Like, he's just, he's got to take his lumps, guys. Like, we've got to just give him space to do that. Like, and that's just the way Twitter works. And I think, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the pod. Like, it reminds me of, being in a Raven season where every week is a referendum on this and that and this and that. It's just like, mm -hmm. just settle in, just settle down. Like not everything, you don't have to have a, a t and you know, it just kind of goes into us sort of being the middleman Dan or whatever. But I think that's needed at times when, especially in times like this, when you got to give this guy some room to grow. Here's yeah, what I would I'm, say in it, it, next year at this time, if this is what's going on, we we can have this discussion. Absolutely. What, someone's yeah. rookie, someone's rookie year. Like, you have to, you have to, and this isn't, I, I think this applies everywhere. This is like, you know, we talk about this in football. We talk about like someone's rookie year. There's going to be that ups and downs where they're adjusting to the level of competition. It's different in baseball a little bit because you see guys have so much action before they actually get to the top level that you feel like it's just be immediate because they've had all this theoretical preparation, but like, no, you have to still get used to this other level. Like, it's much different than AAA. We saw this with hitters. We're seeing this with Gunnar Henderson right now. People, you know, I guess there are some people freaking out about him, but not as much as every, mm -hmm. every, you know, every at bat. Now, it is magnified with the starter because you see them every five days. And so you like build yourself up to this moment where they pitch. But, you know, if we're at next May and he's back and forth in every single start, 
you know, after a year in the bigs, you know, starting all year and throwing a lot of innings, okay, then maybe we have an issue where maybe Grayson Rodriguez isn't, you know, a top of the line starter. Maybe he settles more into a, a three, four, five type of starting role. That that could happen. That's not out of the question. You've seen top prospects get to this point and they settle in as really good major league players, but never the superstars that not many pitchers become. But I, yeah, I think that the you know, and it, maybe it's just the easiest thing on the team to have like a real take about because it's it's you know he's been very accessible and, and people know him and everyone's waited for him and his name's been discussed a lot. So you just expect this sort of, you know, over and over thing. But it's a rookie starter getting used to the major leagues. It's like a freshman getting used to playing college basketball or any sport. Like you're you're getting used to the level and you're going to have flashes where it's amazing. And what takes you to the next levels in your sophomore season is consistency. You're learning how to be consistent. Like, and that's very hard to do at that, this level. And you hope that in two months, it's just a little bit more consistent. And then next year he starts off and he's, you know, every once in a while you're going to have a bad start. So does everybody in the, in the major leagues, but you just don't have it some days. Um, but yeah, as you said, it, to me, it feels like he's doing exactly what I would have thought. Like you, you think about last week and it's like, wow, that was amazing. And then, you know, you would have loved for it to not been eight earned runs, but you're like, up oh, tonight, you didn't have it. And, and same, you just don't want to against the Royals. He got knocked around against the Royals. It's like it it happens. I I don't again, I don't know what to say. Again, it's his eighth start of his career. And there are people going, he doesn't have it. You can tell it's Jake Arietta 2.0. And it's like what the, again, it's like after one game of Lamar being like, you know what? Not it. Don't think he has it. Just don't you know. Like, yeah. How, how really, really good stuff. Like this? Yeah, really good, good like, stuff it, giving up on Jake Arietta too early, too. I mean, that worked out really well for yeah, him. Well, that's right? what I was like, gonna say. Yeah, Jake Arietta, who won the Cy Young. Who well, had like a 1.13 ERA Scion. Like, yep, looks just like him. Like, need change of scenery. You know, it, it, it's incredible the amount of people who are just like you said. They need to like, I need to have on everything right now. Like, I, I absolutely have to. And here's gonna be my take right now. Like, just yeah, calm it, it, down it's it's and it's hard too because you think about it. You know, pitchers more than any. You know, I guess you have hitters that that really develop. You know, later, but like. You rarely have the like super dominant 22 or 23 year old starter major league baseball. Those are unicorns. And sometimes when they happen, like you like think about Matt Harvey, they go away very, very quickly. So even if mm -hmm. this was going unbelievably well, that doesn't mean it's going to be 10 years of it. Um, but that's just the world we live in. People have to have a, you know, a take. But to me, it's about consistency over the course of you know especially in a league where you know everybody hits and you don't really have that many dominant starting pitchers just in general um i, I think that i think it's just a, a you're looking for improved consistency as he works through the first let's say 40 starts of his career for 40 to 50 stars you want that to continue so, so, someone someone that i think is and my hot take is that like what i said earlier the Orioles have a lot of shit to figure out with these young guys still. They still yep. have three, four guys that are pushing to come up for the first time. And they you you don't want to be yanking guys back and forth. You don't want to have to be sending Stowers back to Norfolk and pulling him back up. We've seen the Orioles squander doing that. When I look at Grayson, I, I see Logan Gilbert on the Mariners, someone that was drafted towards the top of the first round, ended up debuting when he was 23 years old. Logan Gilbert, his rookie year, who's now a very fucking good pitcher, like a very good pitcher in baseball, consistently, you know, dynamite, borderline dynamite at least. In the months of July and August, when Logan Gilbert was a 23-year-old rookie, he had a 6-3 ERA. 
So like, I, I would love to say, and like my stupid random taste that look, Grayson's going to figure it out after the all-star break. I love to default to that. Like for any player that slumps really always, but Logan Gilbert in August of his rookie year, 2021 had let up 24 earned runs and five stars had, had a nine, one, three ERA. Now go look at what he's doing this season. Like, it is unfortunately a long process. Like it, it's a very weird fluid situation. I would love to pretend like, you know, I know as much about the fine mechanics of throwing pitches. Like I might about, you know, playing defensive end or something, but this team in general has a lot of shit to figure <laughs> out. Guess what? They have a, they have a hundred and what? 121 games left still. Like it's not just Grayson. It's like, whatever your take is, I, I promise it's not that polarizing yet. Like baseball is a hot weather sport it is just now getting warm. The air's thinning, like bombs are starting to go. The Orioles issue right now, which is ironic. Everyone was saying that they were, you know, starting to get into small ball. Their last, the last, can you stop? Their last 10 <laughs> runs were manufactured via home run. So it's like, wow. you know, they're still figuring shit out right now. It's way too early in the season. It's way too early in Grayson's career. I'm pissed with Grayson. I'm kind of pissed. I'm a little disappointed. You know, you would love for him to be like the antithesis antithesis of what you said, Taylor. How often is there a 23 year old rookie pitcher that's dynamite? The the kid for the Marlins who who's 20 got called up and he looked like maybe he might be able to do that. Guess what? Pitched four and a third innings, let up two runs, and got pulled like in the fourth inning of his debut start. Like a lot of times, yeah. we see guys come up randomly that aren't super heralded because I play fantasy baseball. I know if you play fantasy baseball, there'll be some fucking rookie that comes up and throws like 20 innings over their first three starts and they let up like one or two earned runs. And you're like, oh my God, this kid's gonna be amazing. And then they end up being a exactly middling career starter or like end up being a fucking bullpen pitcher getting option back down. The randomness and what you guys were saying is so profuse. I don't know if you're maybe a younger fan listening, like I don't, not that I'm better because I've seen more shit, but you know, we, we've seen this stuff happen before rookies just take time. Like you said, Taylor, it's the consistency, the routine. That's what they always say 10,000 times over and over and over and over again. That's what they have to get used to. The consistency is what makes you great in a sport where you have to play 162 out of 180 days. So my, my hot take is that the Orioles don't have their shit figured out. So you don't have them figured out. They have a lot of tinkering to do in their lineup still end with who's at Norfolk and the rotation and getting Givens and Tate coming back up in all of that shit. There's a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of games and a lot of decisions that have to be made. And I'm going to say, I'm going to default to it. We'll know a lot about this team by the end of July. I think after the all-star break, we'll start to see them become who they're going to be and, and hopefully push towards the playoffs. That's, that's my hot take for this episode. That's when the, uh, the 2014 Orioles really started to like heat up if I remember correctly. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's a a good point. And I really do. That's when all good teams get it together. You have a little fucking break halfway through the year. You kind of get to like go back and look at the first half and be like, okay, now we can make some finalized decisions and, and move forward with what we need to do. Like you kind of have to shit or get off the pot around that time. That's why it's such an important time. I do like, I was going to say, I do like how this hot take segment is kind of like a hot take and, or like a Trojan horse hot take into the hot take community. Where we're like, Hey, my hot take is everyone needs to calm down and not have a hot take. It feels like we've done that like three times in a row and I really like it. So we might need to call this like the, like the fridge instead or something. The like freezing. This is, this is the cooler. Yeah. Where do, where do we keep our, our hot sauce? Because I feel like it, you, you want it at room temperature. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. So maybe we rework it, but I kind of like it as like, Hey, this is is my hot take calm the fuck down taylor what's your hot take uh we talked about this before so and I, me and spenny briefly disagreed on it 
I'm out on 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 booing your own players at games. Yeah, I, I'm out on that. I'm with you. I, and that's not that's not we talk about it because of the Grayson thing. So it was a, a perfect. Well, right when you said that RDT, I love the you you did a unknowingly great segue. I personally just don't know why you would go to the game and just rip into your own guys. Um, I understand that there is the frustration of going to somewhere where you're paying, you know, a ticket, a parking, you know, for concessions. You're, you're spending a lot of money to go be entertained, and someone is failing to entertain you. I, I, I get the, the like emotion there. I just feel I'm more of a pick your own team up guy, and I think. That that's I just don't I I don't understand that that rationale um, really and I I think there's like a lot like to me like it's kind of embarrassing when like the New York fans and the Boston fans and the Philly fans of the world like feel very proud that they are just able to ruthlessly rip into their own teams when they're not good I just don't you know stay silent or just like let it go maybe that's a, like a weak take and that comes from me being around athletes for a long time. And I feel bad when athletes get booed by their own fans. Um, I, yeah, I just, I'm just kind of out on that, that entire premise of, um, and Spenny didn't disagree. I want to say from his perspective, he was like, I wouldn't do that, but you understand that the clientele at an Orioles game are going to be some, some people, people are going to boo. People are going to fucking boo. Yeah. If you get shelled, yeah. they're going to boo. If you miss a kick, they're going to boo. That's if just not me. Out three That's times, just they're going to boo me. you. I'm yeah. like, I, I fully agree. Honestly, I, like, I think it is barbaric. I think it's barbaric, but I like know that it is impossible to make people not feel that way. I'm not intellectually opposed to booing. Like, and we were, I, I, we, like Taylor said, we were talking about this before we got going and I definitely came down on Taylor's side. I'm not intellectually opposed to booing, but I think it needs to, you really got to pick your spots with it. And I think you need to save it for when it feels like the guys just, don't care or aren't trying. And I feel like that's like yes, 99% yes, yes. of the time they are like 99% of the time they are trying their best and they know shit is going wrong. And like they're having a bad day at work. And like, how would I feel if I was having a bad day at work and someone started, you know, just heckling me or haranguing me or whatever? Uh, I wouldn't feel very good about it. It would make me, you know, you probably not perform like they wanted me to. It probably wouldn't make at the me same time though. A lot of players, like I feel like a lot of the elite competitors always say it's like, you know, they care. Like, they they care. They're yeah, they they like they that. like it on the other side. They like it on the other side. You say right of knowing that the fans care that much to boo them a bad performance. I like it is, that. It Jake, is though. somewhat like, of a, I've been it is somewhat of a badge of honor to have people care that much. Yeah, yeah. As they say, if they're if they're quiet or stop yelling at you, they don't care anymore. So you're the, I you're definitely understand that. I think that, like, I've been <laughs> at some Wizards games in my time where I'm like. I want to boo them because the effort on the floor is just so clearly going through the motions and that I can't handle. That's why I, I didn't like, I didn't love the reports of the Grayson booing and people can call us homers because we have a relationship with them and he seems like a great dude, but it's also just like, that's a 23 year old. And maybe we do know so much because we've listened to him talk about how much he wants it and, and how much he, you know, you know, would love to, you know, bring success to the or a city and an organization that he has no real affiliation to, other than the fact that they pay him. Not like he grew up rooting for them. Not like he grew up around the area. Not like he grew up dreaming to play here. Like to boot that guy who's so bought in and has made an effort to like be, you know, to to support the Ravens publicly and like be ingratiated in the city that he's, you know, as I said, has no really real affiliation towards besides getting a paycheck. That's a guy to me you don't boo. And the guy you boo is when, you know, 
Wizard X is like walking around the floor. And we've had Orioles teams like this. I we've yeah. watched Orioles in the past five years where you're just like, okay, this is, I mean, this is this is booable. Like this is a tough scene. I just I agree, Jake. I think you gotta pick your spots on the like ripping into your team. And this, you know, this so I don't like have the audio up right defense now. Defense but you know, I don't have the audio up right now, obviously, but Gunner just struck out in a high leverage situation. That's probably going to end the Orioles chances. He slammed the bat down on the ground and like it wouldn't shock me if there was booing right there. But like that's that tells me all I need to know. Like he knows he's slumping. He knows that uh, he needed one there to help the team uh, try to get back into this thing. And uh, that's that's all I need to see. I don't need to boo that. But if some people do, he's an angry boy. I was I was sitting behind home plate on Sunday and what, when he struck out, man, he whoo, I t- I'll tell you he one knows. motherfucker that cares. That's the guy that just knows. Yeah. Is Gunner. yeah. And he's your he's guy. Gonna, he's going to select his way out. He almost, he almost, he went to snap a pink Mother's Day bat. And I think he might have <laughs> realized, like, don't snap the pink bat, like, right before when he struck out. But he's, he's got a little hit streak going. Leave Gunner alone. He's a man of the what's game. fascinating about him is that is a guy that has to be under an insane amount of personal pressure based on the expectations. I mean, this is a classic, like, I am supposed to be a transcendent player and it is just not happening for me. And so the reactions are going to be like that. Um, and his, I, you know, he is one of the interesting parts of the, like, as you said, he has a little bit of the hit streak. It feels like he's starting to build his way slowly out of it, had the home run this weekend, but I think he's one of the interesting pieces of Spenny's original point, which was like, this team has more to figure out than you think based on their record. Um, in terms of what their lineup is going to look like day to day, clearly they found some of the bullpen pieces. It's so you know it's funny. A month and a half, ago, you know, a month ago we were like, oh god, you know, the pitching, blah 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 blah. Now it feels like the lineup potentially is in a little more flux. Um, but that's just kind of going with the the flow of the season. But yeah, Gunner's case is so interesting. Such an incredible amount of hype. He's hasn't he hasn't and he hadn't failed in a while at any level. He had just mm-hmm. rolled through the levels, and now he's you know, back in a sport where if you fail 70% of the time, as the you know, adage goes, you're fine. You know, like, so he, he's, an, he's, an, he's been an interesting guy to watch all year and has somehow been really protected from a lot of the angst. I mean, RDT, you're way more plugged in, I think, because, you know, you have fans in your, in your DMs and your comments and, and all that stuff's flashing your feed. Gunner, it feels like has avoided a lot of the criticism for the most part, at least not. I haven't seen like the like send them down, but maybe I'm just not in those oh, conversations. And oh, you it's, could, it's there. You, it, there's a yeah, lot. See, I just don't see, see this thing. I don't see yeah. this stuff. This is why I don't know like the podcasts that are criticizing RDT. I just don't. This is stuff I just don't see. <laughs> well, there there was, I mean, hell, I tweet, you know, I tweeted something about Stowers going down today and I had a guy being like, Mount Castle has to go too. How he swings at sliders in the dirt. I said, you know who else swung at sliders in the dirt? Adam Jones. Like, did you want him going down? Like, it's it, it's it's incredible. But no, God, I mean, Gunner's getting a healthy bit of it too. You know, send him down, let him get his confidence up. I don't think he. It, the guy's a rookie of the year favorite coming into the year. His confidence, I think, is already there. Like, it's it sucks. The right worst now. part of the team be right. being good is the it makes more idiots come out of the woodwork on yes. Twitter. That is the yes. worst part of success. From our from our chair, from being like, okay, we want to cover, we want to cover the topics, we want to talk about what people are interested in. The the more you'll see of that shit, and it's it's like I've talked about it many times. Like, uh oh, the Orioles are getting good. Orioles Twitter was like a nice, safe little haven. Everyone really likes the prospects. 
know, it was this nice, calm time. Oh my God, it's May. They're 10 games over 500. Fucking cut, trade, fire, cut. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Screw you. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Again, it's kind of like the booing. It means that they're doing well and people care. But this is like this is what I would say to anyone listening who maybe is that person or who sus- uh, suspects that they are that person. And I don't need to speak to the collective because it's not going to get through to the collective ever. But if this helps even one person, then uh, you know it'll make me happy. Sometimes it's okay to not tweet. Sometimes you just don't yeah. got it. You don't got to post. Like you can just you can put it away for a minute. It's also it's okay. okay to just mute people that you don't want to see their stuff. It's yeah, the then it's, I love. Did they ever? Fun. Did they ever make a negative comment? If they shit in the woods. Well, that the problem with that the is that thing- you got to block them actually now because you see the, oh, you, this, you, and I'm a masochist. So I see the, you, this is from an account you muted and I click on it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Why did I open that? That was stupid. So but I, was, I know when I have them muted though, I know that they're dumb. So it like makes it like ding dings yeah. in my head where it's like, you're not going to respond, but you're going to giggle at what they say. Now I just laugh at mm-hmm. the one at the muted. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you have, I mean, <laughs> you've got a lot of those too. So I mean, that, that makes sense. Mine, mine, I think are a little more tame. Um, but yeah, that's the last thing I'll say about the Orioles part of it. The fan reaction is this still, this still to me feels like the enjoy the ride season. And then next year when the expectations get set higher, that feels like the, okay, like day to day, you can really like, you know, get after it. This, I, I, I don't want to lose the enjoy the ride part of it. I think we're still in the enjoy the ride part of the team. We're in the bird Everybody needs to be in the bird. Don't, don't, don't jump. Don't jump the gun on like the, where we are with the Ravens right now, where everything is a gigantic crisis. Like don't, don't get us. They haven't even made the playoffs yet. We have to still be in the enjoy the ride phase. Like, yeah, this team will get, this team will get next week. I don't know what you guys are talking about. This team will eventually get to the freak out about everything phase, but like, we don't need it now. Just don't do it now. I'm I'm ready for that. I, we're in there for the Ravens. We just did this for twelve months about the Ravens. We that's, freaked out about that. That's everything. where my was, that's it, where my it angst was what it was. That's where my angst with all of this comes from because that was the most like unenjoyable like winning Raven season I've ever watched in my life. That was terrible. So that's that's kind of where I am. Uh, and then I'm, I thought Trout, Trout thought he just struck out on a pitch clock. That would have been Taylor's Super Bowl. There was like a, there was a lot of confusion <laughs> on like who called time. Trout stepped out. The umpire waved his hands. If if he would have struck out on a pitch clock violation, and now Trout is and now and now Trout is like grinning and glad handing and you know kind of kissing babies and like getting himself back into the batter's box. So this would be. By disgusting the way, I will say here. I will say about Mr. Trout. He's having a good year. He has two hits tonight. Um, they're twenty-one and twenty. Now the real question will be, when do they do the like, you know, lose. 12 out of 16 stretch that, you know, gets them out of playoff contention that happens every year. They haven't done it yet. Um, and it's obviously super early in the season. They've played 41 games. They'll be 22 and 20 after tonight, you know, and maybe in 20 minutes, but you know, maybe this is the year for Mike Trout and the Orioles. Like maybe all the breakthroughs happen this they'll, year. They'll and, be, they'll and, be 26 and 15. I don't know what you just said. He said, he said, you said 21 and 20. I think you meant uh 21 and what would that be? No, the, hey, we talk, the oh, I'm sorry. Angels. I'm, I'm, right? I might have messed everything up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I'm we're talking about the Angels. Up. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, I and I, as I've said to RDT on this show, I don't know if I've said it since you guys have been on. Like, I, I really am not actively rooting against Mike Trout. Oh, I have of course no not. interest. No. I, I want Mike Trout to get to the playoffs. It's better for baseball when he's in. It's better. It's better. But. Okay, look at you just trying to take like, the high road. You're a real no, 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 no. You're, this, you're this a real is man what I've of the said hall. The whole, 
No, this is what I've said the whole time, though. But the pass this guy gets is insane. Win one thing. One. Just make the playoffs. Make it one time. Or leave the Angels. Like, I don't know why we had to stay. Yeah, that's what I I don't understand why the guy still plays for the Angels. Why does anybody play for the Angels? Because he hates Bryce Harper. I, I think that's why. He like Maybe. loathes Bryce Harper. That's my theory. He's like I I'm was. Not in, I was on Friday. I was in the stadium where he will be once again in September when they don't make the playoffs. Like he will be back at the link. I will not be at the link. So we could have crossed paths, but he's actually playing right now. So mm. and Otani being in the playoffs would be good. I would love to play them in a series. That'd be fun. Be fun. Give it. Give, bring Otani to Baltimore in front of forty eight thousand people. One of which would be you, electric. and that would be. Well, I, I would have to have a camera on you. On in all times. Oh time. my God! I would my, a Mike Trout playoff game against the Orioles would be. Ah, uh, inject that into my veins. Okay. I need it. Well, we are running almost an hour on uh, pretty much all Orioles talk. We get snuck a little Ravens in there, but uh, yeah, we've, we're only doing you know a couple segments here, a little light on the segments. We're not doing a starting five tonight. Uh, Nick Caner Medley, Maryland person of the week, uh, and I guess I'll start us off here. Mine is a man on this podcast right now. I'm going to go with Eric RDT is my Maryland person of the week. He's sitting there and he's wow. shaking his head and he's, you know, he's playing cool. Well, RDT and, wanted to give it to himself, Jake. He likes to give it to himself. So. Yeah. Well, listen, no, there's only one person on this podcast who has given it to him. And that man is not here. And he's done that. Yeah. That times. man was a, that man. That man was in the red light district. Literally. Yeah. That was um, about an hour ago. He's yeah. He, he, <laughs> he honestly might maybe could use to pick me up. Maybe oh. I should give it to him, but yeah, no, uh, Eric no, is don't give it to him. Eric is playing very coy, he's shaking his head. Oh, I didn't do anything. You know, this, that, and the other. This was just a very a, a great team effort. And you know what? You did a, a great job, Eric. Uh, just you know, in the last several years, setting up your connections with the team, getting the reach that you've gotten within this community. Uh, it, it all built up to this event that uh, we all went to on Friday, and it was just a, a grand old time with all my pals. And uh, I think you're largely to thank for it. So, in a moment of earnesty. Great, great work. You're my Maryland man of the week. Thank you. I You're welcome. That. Yeah, I, I, to, to, to pick you, but we're just going to make Eric blush as much as possible. The, um, I, I think it's a really, as you said, Jake, it speaks to what Mr. RDT has done, um, within a community that many people would have jumped off the, uh, the wagon in terms of supporting and watching every single game. <laughs> when we first started the podcast, Eric, I knew you a little bit, but didn't know you like, all that well and it was unbelievably impressive to me legitimately this is not like that you were just like tweeting about every game when they were 30 games under 500 i was like who the hell like who the hell is this guy it was one of the wild things under at the end of the year and 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 you're you've gotten hand you're getting handsomely rewarded for your for your persistence and your and your love for the team um and uh despite despite some's efforts to uh to to spoil a little bit of your party last week uh, you, you deserved it. It was fun to see you on TV. It was fun to watch all of you guys within the section um, in the pictures. I was like picking all of you out. Um, I didn't know where Spenny got that shirt, but uh, you know, so credit to you, RDT. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great shirt by Spenny. I, I, I told you that like 10 times that night. I would just yell over. Be like, Spenny, I love that shirt. You also, and we still. I don't think I've ever seen someone talk so much so consecutively as you that night. That was your fucking Super Bowl. That, it was awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, you get on the broadcast. You, you get on the broadcast. I you can't get on imagine Madison. how many actual words you said. It must have been te- like dozens of thousands of words. You were you were on one, and I love to see it. You were absolutely electric. The birdbath was sick. 
I'm going to, I'm going to give my Nick Caner medley uh, award to, to Harold Baines. Shout out Harold Baines. Just, just wanted to give a shout out to Harold Baines, but uh, RDT, you, you were amazing and you hooked us all up and uh, it was, it was a blast, man. Thank you. It was fun. I was going to give it to the bird bath. I was going to give it to the bird bath. Like how many did we calculate? How many was it? What was it? 165 or whatever? 160 tickets in that row, in that section. I think everybody was incredible. Even section 85 next to us, which had a a bunch of listeners. My buddy club baseball, his little brother's club baseball friends were there. They actually traded hats with Ryan Mountcastle at the caravan and Salisbury. So they had his hat. And he's run Mountcastle's wearing like a Salisbury baseball hat around his house. We, we ended like up that, passing Mountie. that around and like rubbing it before uh, his RBI single. Um, no, it was just everybody like in the section. Everybody had a great time. Like everybody was fully bought in. You kind of had to be. You really didn't have a chance. I mean, we had the MVP chance going for Adley after his double. Like Spenny, Spen, you talked about it. Like the uh, the ovation for Cedric after the cycle. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was cool to look up and be like the people from the Orioles, like their head of content, all the guys sitting up there kind of like watching, being like, how's this thing going to turn out? What's this going to be? Like when we walked in there, they were standing there and it was like, yeah, what's, what's going to happen? And and I talked to them the next day and that night and they were like, that blew out all of our expectations out of the water. You know, you know, little joke there. Haha. It easily could have been like not that cool. That's what yeah. I was like. I was so curious just to see like, it easily could have been like something that like maybe faded quickly over the next couple of weeks, like days. I was like, okay, yeah, the bourbon. No, it was on fucking one hundred immediately. It was awesome. I also, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone had uh, has ever had a better high five than I think the two that we had on the Cedric home run. By the way, I got to shout that out. We, yeah, we had we had some fantastic high fives. There were little kids sitting in the sex They were running up and down, and I'm like high fiving them. Like I, I think I. I called a four-year-old from Pittsburgh a dork because he had glasses on. You also after, got a uh, you got alpha you got alpha by that usher early on when you were uh, kind of you were kind of c- c- trying trying to like work the crowd a little bit. You were like walking oh, down, yeah, like, he got the overalls. Yeah, he kind of he put you in your place a little bit, which is great to see. He's like I gotta ask you to move, boy. And I was like, all right, just give me a second. It's like bottom one, like let 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 us breathe, let us have some fun. But that was a guy. That was a read the room guy. I was like, come on, buddy. Well, that was good because, but, yeah, and then, like, like literally 10 minutes later, Melanie is down there sitting next to you interviewing you on Masson, and I guess I got on MLB TV, too. So, yeah, that was just kind of a funny, like, all right, buddy, pipe down. Also got to give a shout-out, you know, side man of the week was our uh, the beer guy that was working our section, the uh, the, the tall oh, dude. Oh, I've seen that guy. That guy's great. I've he seen is. him at a bunch of events different avenues like venues he's awesome every time yeah he allowed uh lex to uh put x of 52 stickers all over his cart and then he was talking to me and my buddy adam who i brought along he's just uh he was he was a great dude and he was uh keeping us well served he was keeping the drinks flowing so shout out to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was we were putting him to work and I, again i i hope everybody tipped him handsomely and and it was yeah he was we were we were definitely putting him to work but i i, I want to say that we made him quite a bit of money that um but yeah, everything. About, I will say too, pickles pregame was unbelievable. That was Jumping. it was an opening day level pickles. It was incredible how packed it was. You couldn't go. I mean, it was it was it was a great sign because. And I said I was like, 
it's nice seeing that it's not 60% Yankee fans or 70% Red Sox fans. Yeah. Like they were all over. Couldn't, couldn't get a drink. Couldn't, you know, well, after a certain point, you just, you hit max capacity and you just couldn't get a drink anywhere because the lines were just crazy, yeah. but that was a good sign. And I think it lined up perfectly with our timing um, because we, we were pretty mm-hmm. much ready to get out of there and get over to the stadium after a certain point. But uh yeah, I guess that's all. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Nick Caner Medley too, uh, to to Cedric Mullins. Man, I I love that guy. Yeah, no doubt. He needs to get more shine. I think on a team full of like young bombastic dudes like Mounty and Adley and Gunner to an extent, and you know just big personalities. You know, Cedric has a tendency to, and uh, I like this about him. He's he's a quiet guy. He kind of uh, is happy to let them sort of take the spotlight a little bit. I think, but it's good to good to give him his flowers, and I think he's very well deserving. Hundred percent. Put on a show again tonight, too. Again, they're, they're in a losing effort, but again, a home run, another, like, fantastic catch. He's, I know on MLB Network today, they were talking about, like, who's the best leadoff base, their hitter in baseball, and they, they brought him up. Like, they were like, he's he has to be talked about with, with you know, the uh, the Acunas and some of the other guys at the top of the uh, the batting orders here. Not saying he's Ronald Acuna, but, again, he's a very, he's a very, very good player. Mm. Taylor, do you have one? Yeah, I mean, I you know, if you'll indulge me, I, I have to give it to to Taylor Swift. Um, I, I don't know if that comes as any shock. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot of birdbath talk tonight. Um, my Friday night involved watching uh, three hours and fifteen minutes and forty five songs of Taylor Swift's performance. I have my feeling twenty two shirt on here um, mm-hmm. as we record. Wow! Um, just as a special shout out, um, you know, this is my seventh Taylor Swift show. Uh, they get better with every single one. Um, there's nothing that like, you guys will relate to this as people that have gone to big events. There's nothing like the buzz before big events are, starts, whether that's a sporting event or a concert, even like a you know a really, really good movie premiere. This place was ready to come unglued about 10 minutes before this show. And there's just like not many feelings like that. And then she comes out and just absolutely rips for three hours and 15 minutes. I, I was listening to a podcast on The Ringer, and they were talking about um, like the average songs that some of like the all time like play for a long time artists have done. Like on most of Springsteen's tours, and he has long songs, mm-hmm. so some of this is you know not apples to apples, but he does like thirty two, and Prince did thirty one, and you know Pink Floyd did whatever. Like to do forty five songs as the only, essentially the only person up there that's doing anything. Like you're not a part of a band. They're not taking like extended band breaks or band jams. Um, it was like an impressive physical feat uh, to watch my girl T Swift get that done. And she 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 just left the fans wanting even more. We could have kept going. It was it was absolutely sensational every single way um and i was thrilled to be able to go thank you to my friend megan for inviting me she had the tickets and she invited me to go so um it was an event it was an absolute event i love a big event i love taylor swift um decent decent secret tracks the 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 concert after us had better ones but yeah i will see taylor swift every time she she tours so unbelievable performance can't wait to go back again at some point mm, love was it that uh was that the show where she yelled at the security guards to stop that was saturday night was i believe saturday yeah she i don't think she did it at our show but could have i i you know they all all the shows kind of all the twitter conjecture about all the shows bleeds together and all the fan accounts so it's a little hard to tell sometimes what show they're talking about yeah uh, performer for the people for her yeah 
legend, just an absolute legend in every single way. So, yeah, yeah. three hours and 50. You don't get a lot of artists that go for three hours. It just was, it was like, we were through like 20 songs and I was like, wow, this, this could be over and I'd be fine. And there was 20 more left. It was wild. Yeah. How long would it be if they, if there were a pitch clock? (laughs) That's a good question. I, I didn't uh, – yeah. And did she hit for the cycle? <laughs> Funny from RDT on, on Twitter. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah. Was there a birdbath? That was the Hold other it. question that he was asking. Um, no water No water was thrown on the crowd. There was some confetti dropped. Um, there was some smoke shot in the air, some fireworks near the end, but uh, but no no water. Cool. Well, we love it. Uh, I don't know if the three of us can really relate, but uh, I'm happy for you. It seemed like it was a great time. And What's the here, here? Here's the here's the here's the. I'll throw this to you guys to relate. Go around the go around the table. Best concert you guys have seen. I did number uh, one Kanye concert. Was, you guys have seen. I did Dead and Company last summer, and that and in kind of a similar fashion. Like you expect these, you expect it to be long going into it, but holy shit, man, that's a long show with John Mayer and you know 87 year old Bob Weir and whatever and all those guys. <laughs> Still getting it done, Mickey Hart. Like it, it was that. That was fucking awesome. I mean, that was what that was probably the best concert I've ever been to. And uh, I'm you know kind of biased. I know that's kind of not in everyone our age's like wheelhouse, but uh, for me that was that was the peak. I went to Kanye West, the life of Pablo. Fuck you, Taylor. Uh, my brother's also seen Kanye West. Oh fuck you, Spenny. Mm. <laughs> Beyonce is the great fuck one of the greatest Kanye artists of all time. One of the greatest artists of all time. Okay, I might have to. I might have to cut this out. Uh, this is yeah. Believe that <laughs> the Kanye West uh, support's probably not good for the show. Yeah, I, that's that's tough. <laughs> this was this was like six years ago. Life of Pablo tour. It was a great show. He was suspended above the fucking suspended above the floor. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Un- unbelievable show. So good. It was right before he had his meltdown and had to cancel the rest of the tour. It was like either the last or second to last show before he canceled the rest of the tour. I got to sit in a box at uh, I sat in the green turtle box at freaking Capital One Arena, and it was an amazing show. Put on an amazing show. Taylor Swift could literally never come close. I'm sure it was great, but I kind of miss the old Kanye. That's my thing. I like the new AI Kanye, the new AI songs that come out. Those are unbelievable. God, you would be into that. Kanye's they're good. It's like making it's like making up. They'll be like, all right, make a modern version of like a graduation style Kanye song, and that's what everyone's been asking for for ten years. Yeah, the that's old Kanye. It, you got me there. I might have to check that out. Um, but it yeah. was really good. It was really it was one verse. It was really 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 good, like sixteen bars. Okay. So we don't we don't need artists anymore. Taylor Swift is a is a freaking CGI modulation. She's not even real. That was a freaking hologram you were watching taylor artist we don't even need the artist anymore. that is interesting now old, that, we could do a the podcast old ta- about the old spenny the old spenny can't come to the phone right now because he's dead i'm gonna go over there and kill him mm. get out of here a little bit of heat we're all living in a simulation i'm also a cgi <laughs> this, is your, this is your world taylor we're just living in it all right taylor swift not taylor smythe exactly just to exactly. be clear just to be clear i don't know future, future smythe swift smythe hyphen swift mm. okay well, I think we've uh, I think we have reached the end of the uh, yeah I guess. John- what's RDTs? What's RDTs? Sorry, Jake. What's RDTs? Well, yeah, I, I have an honorable mention too. My yeah. my um, my favorite my best concert. Um, I went to like a Fall Out Boy like um, <laughs> concert in like 2006. That was fantastic. I can't remember I who else it was. You know, <laughs> you know what was good was uh, U2 when they came here in like 2010. 
at M&T. That was pretty, that was a sweet concert. Like I, I like you two more than most. I don't love them, but like they put on a great show and it was in a packed like 70,000 person stadium. That was cool. No, you know what? I don't know. Cause I worked at Taylor Swift when it was at FedEx a couple years ago. That was awesome. Um, it was a good, but I don't know. I haven't been to many. I'm not a big concert guy. I go see Mumford or something. I love Mumford. I saw, uh, you know who I, I saw Hall and Oates on a complete whim like two years ago. And that was a, that was a rough show. Let me tell you, those guys are collecting. <laughs> they a were check. bad. They, yeah, they, I mean, they're old. Like I get it. They, but they just, they were off, off key and they were just kind of, they were, they're just out there for the money, but it was fun to see them, you know, Hall and Oates, like Yacht Rock. And re- re- real quick, I do have, I have an honorable mention. I couldn't decide which to do. Uh, our guy Trey Mancini got his ring tonight from the Astros. I saw so that. That was yeah. a cool, cool scene to see him get it. And again, still just you know, I watched. I, I saw they they were reshowing the last out today, sprinted over and felt territory. Wanted to catch that ball so bad before Kyle Tucker did. But again, just awesome. Could not could not have happened to a better guy. And again, just an all time story. You know, you know. Hopefully, I I, I still I want to go out to Chicago to see the Orioles versus the Cubs in uh, I think it's June. I think it's a weekend series in June. So, again, we should all look into that. It is, that yeah. Sure. It could be a lot of fun. So, got the tray. Ring it for so I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Chicago, like, right before they're there. Yeah, because they're There's there. The oh, there two Friends is there, like, two days after for the big booty thing. And I was going to no, say. Two I, Friends is there. It's June 2nd, and the Orioles are there June 16th. That's what it is, yeah. Two Friends is there. Yeah, because Taylor Swift is also in Chicago that weekend too. When I'm there, for that's right. So, I, yeah, a I developing that. story. Yeah. Also, developing another story. another album honorable. Spenny hates Rob. Taylor Swift. This is a, this is a horrible. Oh, Taylor Swift's there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll and I'll be there. And I'm gonna live stream right the whole ass. thing for you while while you're your Kanye fan club. Hating on every, hating on all the races. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually already be there. Taylor Swift's before me. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. And it's gonna be electric. It's gonna be electric. I might wear your shirt. Might wear that Hawaiian shirt. What, Hawaiian that shirt. was what, what? What shirt? Like my skin? What are you talking about? This is getting creepy. Yeah, getting creepy. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift shirt. gets you into a weird aura, Taylor. This is worrisome. Taylor Swift gets me too in a good and gets me in a good aura. You can end the show with me like this. Okay. Jake. John Rom plus seven fifty up at Oak Hill, uh, up at the Rock PGA. Um, he's he, Grand Slam. Uh, we're monitoring. Um, so yeah, that's that's my pick for this week. Uh, maybe I'll get into it with Banks again. But yeah, that's uh, that's all we got uh, coming up. On, <laughs> if you can find Banks, yeah. It, it, listen, we'll we're, we're tracking him. We're all over that. Don't worry. We'll 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 track him down. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. That was a, a fun pod. A uh, little, you know, a little less structured than usual, which was nice. We did just a couple segments, but they were a couple, uh, you know, big veiny triumphant bastards as we like them. So that was, that was great. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, shout out to Banks. We hope you're doing okay, buddy. Uh, I doubt you've made it this far, but uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, just uh, our, our warmest, uh, our warmest get well soons to you and your, your eye and whatever's going on there. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you to all the listeners. Thanks to everyone who came out to the birdbath, uh, whether you were uh, in our party or whether you were just kind of saying what's up, rocking the stickers, rocking the gear, whatever it was. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. Uh, and to kind of see it bear out in that way uh, in person was really cool. So uh, here's to that night and here's to more of those nights, certainly. And uh, here's to getting Taylor involved uh, the next time we uh, get out there. Um, let's let's make it a regular thing. Uh, thank you guys. As always, thanks to all our presenting sponsors, Jimmy's fam- Jimmy's famous seafood being one of them. Check them out as always fed thrill sunglasses. Uh, you can check them out 
2, as well as Black Eyed Susan Spices. Uh, just a, a lot of great people that are on board with us. Uh, so thanks to them and all their support and check out what they're doing uh, across all of their na- uh, all the names that I just mentioned there. So thanks again. Follow us on social media at Exit52Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jake Luke. Uh, that's L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens for Dummies. That is the number four. Eric is at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. And Taylor's at Taylor Smythe 10. Uh, and we really appreciate all your guys' patronage on social media, on the podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. Subscribe on there for full video episodes and hopefully more coming soon. And uh, yeah, until then, we will talk to you guys. Taylor Swift sings. See you. That's it.